This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And today we have a jam-packed podcast for you guys. We're asking the age-old question. Can the Patriots, the New England Patriots, go 16-0? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I am not sure because I, I feel like it needs to be said that I predicted these guys to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I predicted them to pretty much lose their games when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing. <laughs> so... I love Does how that much by default make them win all of them. I love how much hate you got for that too. When because we came out with our Super Bowl prediction podcast, I think what two days before mm-hmm. the Brady Brady ruling came down, and how many comments we got about you picking the Dolphins to win the division only because Tom Brady wasn't going to because he wasn't going to be there, so he was going to lose a few games. And I like how you're like, well, now it switches, obviously. Yeah, and even now, <laughs> now the Dolphins they they fooled everybody, and everyone's like, oh, forget about these Dolphins. Well, you basically, just put the Bills in there instead. Well, and I kind of find it funny. The reason I'll be honest, the reason why we're asking this question is, I heard about it on Waddle and Sylvie today, where they mentioned that ESPN had an article where how oh, could. Could the Saint, or could the Patriots go sixteen and zero? And part of me is thinking, really, are we gonna are we gonna play this game? I mean, it's three games into the season. However, when you put everything like when they beat Jacksonville fifty one to seventeen, they go forty against Buffalo, who's supposed to be a good defense, and then you put the Deflate Gate stuff on top of their shoulders, it looks like they have something to prove. And this may be the situation where this question is liable or it actually has meaning now, mm-hmm. mostly because of Deflategate in my eyes. Well, I, I also think one of their hardest games coming into this might have been at Jerry World against the Cowboys. But no Romo. Yeah, if Romo it took or no, no Dez. Dez. Yeah. Nobody's going to be there. They get. I mean, they do play the man who throws a prettier pass than Troy Aikman, Brandon No, Whedon no, no. I'm there. telling you, week, week five – Matt Cassell's playing that game. I love week me. four. Jerry Jones. Right? No, they got the bye this week? Patriots got the bye this week. Mm. Week five, we're going to have at Jerry World. I think Matt Castle. I said Matt Cassell because mm-hmm. I'm making fun of Jerry Jones. Matt Cassell, he's going to be starting for us. I don't know. Jerry Jones apparently is in love with Brandon Whedon. Yeah, but that was a beautiful pass. That's the perfect game for Matt Castle to start against his old team. In so he can be New embarrassed England. about, yeah, we didn't want you and you're bad. Could you imagine this scenario? Patriots lose one game this regular season at Jerry World to Matt Castle. I can't imagine that situation because it wouldn't happen. Or or should we be asking this question instead? Mm-hmm. Better former Patriot to knock off the Patriots, Matt Castle if he plays for Dallas, or Brian Mallett or Ryan, or Ryan Hoyer. Uh, I almost said Brian. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer or Ryan Mallett week 14. Um, I think the answer to your question is no. Neither one of them. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, if Des Bryant was there, sure it could happen. Mm-hmm. But what was the Brandon Whedon show? Short pass. It was all like three-yard passes. That's why the man was like 80-some percent. 
and threw for 200 yards because he just kept dink and dunking. Yeah. And that's what you ask from a backup quarterback to just slowly, slowly, slowly. But the problem is that you can't actually get first downs and you don't actually get any yards. Uh, that's the reason why the Cowboys lost that game, because when they were like, oh, hey, uh, Brandon, can you throw it maybe 15 <laughs> yards? Maybe, maybe he didn't throw over 20 yards once. Didn't even try. Well, this just, and you want to know the other side to this where I'm starting to feel like maybe the Patriots could go um, 3-0, and or not 3-0, and 16-0 this season is because for both them and the Giants, eerily similar to the 2007 season. Patriots, as we know, in 2007 went 16-0. Mm-hmm. played the New York Giants for that season. It was week 17 in New York, one by four. This year, we're going to get a New England-New York Giant matchup week 10 in New York. Mm-hmm. However, the Giants in 2007 lost their first two games, then went on a nice win streak. I What's even, happened so far? I'll even they say they lost their first two games, and then they won the third. I've even jokingly declared that the Giants were going to win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> it only makes sense if they're going to be there. Should we? The Patriots should have to we be, there be too. asking that question then? Like, not if the Patriots can go sixteen and zero. Like, if we're asking that question, are mm-hmm. we then now proclaiming the Giants a Super Bowl champion? I said it last week. It seems like the Giants are the only ones that can knock Everybody them off. Everybody thinks Eli and Coughlin are going to get fired. <laughs> they start crappy. The entire NFC East is a joke, so they can get in with 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 mm-hmm. and seven like they like to do. And they can win the whole thing. Because if they get in, they win. That's how it works. <laughs> if they get in, they win. Especially yeah. if they're playing the Patriots. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing with the Patriots, though, really when you look at things like... That like I said, the Cowboys was a really hard game, but not anymore. Uh, it still will be a challenge, I'm sure, uh, mm-hmm. with Matt Castle in there. But it's not going to be too bad. If Andrew Luck really does pull things around, which it didn't really look like he was going to, they pretty much looked like they were going to lose to the Titans for a little bit. Uh, but if he can pull it together, that's reasonable. But Andrew Luck doesn't play well against the real elite quarterbacks. Besides that, I mean, we thought the Dolphins were going to be a real deal, but apparently not. Uh, the only other hard game, they already beat the Bills once, is that Broncos game. Mm-hmm. That's the only other hard game besides Andrew Luck in this whole schedule. So you have two hard games. And I'm not saying that the other ones are all cakewalks, but this is the Patriots. This is the best team in the league. Going up against teams, you know, like the Dolphins who are flailing about. I'm Going th- against the Eagles who are flailing about. I'm going to throw some numbers out at you. Mm-hmm. Patriots in 2007, Tom Brady, obviously that was the year he finished, and this is 2007 regular season when they went undefeated, finished the year with 4,800 passing yards. You had Randy Moss that year with seven yards shy of 1,500. And I know right now you're sitting there going, well, Ricky, you can you can kind of look, oh, well, they're on pace. I'm going to look at something else. Yards per game, because to me, that's something you can see consistently through a season and kind of compare it whether you're in the beginning or the end. Tom Brady right now, 359 passing yards per game. That is about on par where where he was the 16-0 and season. You have Deion Lewis, 48.7 yards per game, where you had Lawrence Maroney and Sammy Morris that year, the dual-headed 64 Yards a game. 
Then on top of it, Gronk averaging over 100 yards per game. Randy Moss averaged 93. So, I mean, Gronk is, although he's a tight end, he's doing exactly what Randy Moss did for this team in the deep ball. Just a little bit different because with Gronk, you can go ahead and throw it to him on, let's say, a crossing route, mm-hmm. and he can use his big body to, sh- like, shake some tackles. Yeah. Where Randy Moss, it was just run deep and we'll take the ball, we'll take the top off the defense. Yeah, the team is built a little differently, but it's still, I mean, we have our power rankings and you can go see them, but the Patriots consistently are the best team in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, and I think you'd really have trouble finding a power ranking out there that doesn't have the Patriots as the best team in the league. You'd also have a hard time finding actual standings that don't have the Patriots as the number one team in the league. Mm-hmm. They're just the best. They're better than everybody right now. Uh, and until they start losing games, they're going to continue being better than everybody. Because, yes, there are other teams that are undefeated right now, too. But the only ones that are really at Packers. somewhat of a level are the Packers and the Cardinals. Only two teams that are really at well, the, the Car- level to possibly The compete. Cardinals basically just demolished mm-hmm. the 49ers. And I just want to say to all of 49er Nation out there, how many how many think you're going to win more than one game now? After throwing two pick sixes to... Uh, the Arizona Cardinals early in the game. I think there's still well. That's also there's good a good defense. There's let's, a lot. Let's there's not get a too lot excited, of football to play, but mm-hmm. right now you only got one win. That's yeah. what I said you were going to get. But I mean, even looking back at that 2007 season where that one kind of started, it's a little bit different. I mean, they played at New York with the Giants, or not the Giants, the Jets. They played the Chargers. They still played Buffalo. And beat them thirty-eight to seven that year. Kind of a little bit in the same where they won um, forty-two. What was it? Thirty-two. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was a be- it was a better game, but Buffalo was more improved. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is Tyrod Taylor, who kind of shot out of nowhere this year. The defense is better under Rex Ryan. Jacksonville was a joke. I don't know why they had any business playing the Patriots. I don't know why the NFL decided. To match those two together. It's fun. It's fun to watch the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, just plus get... it's the division that they're playing, but still. But I still think of it looking forward. Uh, the two hardest games, I mean, you've mentioned them already. At Dallas, at Indy. I know we talked Dallas is now looking like an easier game because no Romo, mm-hmm. no Dez. So does Indy. Indy hasn't been that good. Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. They lost their first two games and then needed a... Like, oh, thank God the defense stopped the Titans mm. on a two-point conversion yeah. to win it late. I mean, Andrew Luck, I hate to say it because I joked about it so much, but Andrew Luck legitimately does not look good. He legitimately is playing bad right now. Maybe it's because he didn't get to have his sophomore slump. He didn't get to be a rookie. So this is just karma catching up to him and saying, hey, you're going to do bad for a little bit here. Uh, but, yeah, that's really that's really what it is. And, I mean, plus traditionally Andrew Luck does not play that great against real quarterbacks. Uh, the elite ones. So I still say the hardest game on this schedule is that Broncos game. And that's always even a classic with, Tom Brady-Peyton matchup. Even with the Peyton Manning, like, oh, Peyton Manning isn't who he's always yeah, been. Yeah, but he'll he's play good against some Tom arm Brady. Strength. You always play good against Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah, I mean, you always play good against Tom Brady, but just to kind of bring Denver into it, because you mentioned them, they're another 3-0 and team where they're kind of winning... Yeah, they win. The Baltimore game was close. KC, they had to win on. Um, that game was going to go to overtime that Thursday nighter until 
Um, I want to say it was, uh, what's his name, Roby, the ex-Buckeye who picked up the fumble from Charles into mm-hmm. the end zone. And then even yesterday on Sunday Night Football, they just, they're, Denver isn't going to be a team that blows you away and is super flashy, but they're going to win games. And I know that like coming into the season, Mark, you were one of the biggest critics mm-hmm. against the Broncos. Like, oh, this is going to be a down season. And I still stand by a lot of what I said. Because down season they're for just, me was they were still in the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're just, just not this great They're just team not going to be as flashy. Yeah. They're not going to be the ones like the Patriots that make the headlines mm-hmm. each and every week. And Peyton Manning's not the guy who's winning these games. They're winning on that defense. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what it's been for mm-hmm. them, which is not what people would expect out of a Peyton Manning team. I mean, really, think about Peyton Manning teams. When has he ever had a defense? Mm. Never. I mean, he basically has never had a defense. Except for maybe that first year in Denver when they didn't mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl against yeah. Seattle. Most of it, most of the Peyton Manning Colts career, no defense. You know what else I just think about? Do you think this is also Kubiak? Maybe a little shot to mm-hmm. the Texans where it's like, hey, you know what? If maybe our guys didn't get injured on defense— Maybe Matt Schaub and mm-hmm. I didn't need a great quarterback. The defense is what kind well, of well. He's also because with, with Houston, mm-hmm. that's always been their big thing. Is Cushing's always been yep. injured? I mean, JJ Watt didn't become JJ Watt overnight. Mm-hmm. And I just with maybe Kubiak's going. Hey, you know what? My system does work. I, I can mean, be a head his, coach. It was good. He did well defensively, but he also benefits off of a team that was built really well on defense and built by John Fox, mm-hmm. who true. No one questions John I mean, Fox being a great. Co- I mean, head if coach. you put Matt Schaub back there, this mm-hmm. Bronco team ain't doing shit. It's all yeah. Peyton Manning. It's because you have Peyton ar- Manning definitely is helping you have out a lot. Arguably one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. I would say that arguably because if you say mm-hmm. if you any Joe Schmo off the street, if you say Top three quarterbacks go. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, maybe Peyton Manning gets mentioned as three. Maybe Andrew Luck does. Mm -hmm. Maybe Drew Brees. But Brady, Rodgers, they're the top. They're the top two dogs when it comes to quarterbacks. But kind of getting back to New England, the one thing I think about, and when we whenever we talk about 16 and 0 seasons. And the thing I want to phrase is the ESPN headline didn't just say, can they go? It said they have the firepower Mm -hmm. to go 16 and 0. I'm going to flip that on to you, Mark. Looking at the Patriots schedule, Mm -hmm. if you had to pick one game on this schedule, besides the Bronco game, because that's going to be a close, we feel like that's going to be a close game. What game would you say? That may be a trap game. The trap game out of all of these, we're going to take the Colts out of it because people expect it. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the Broncos out of it because, like you're saying, people expect it. Yeah, I would say take the Broncos out of it. I may even take the Bills out of it just because the Bills— They're going to win against the well, Bills. Well, Bills-Patriots have always been like— Bills at I home, mean, they're going to win. This year, the 40-42, to 42, I don't think that'd be a trap game. Some people may mm-hmm. say, well, you're wrong, Ricky— because the Patriots could come in and think what Mark just said. Oh, the Patriots are going to win. And then they get upset by the Bills. But nah, the Bill, I would kind of take that one. No. The Patriots at home are not going to. The Patriots are not going to lose any home games this season. It's just not going to happen. The team that I actually think has a chance to upset the Patriots. I think it'll make Ricky happy. 
is the Houston Texans. Really? The reason I say that is because they will actually put pressure on Tom Brady, and it'll be difficult. I, I think was, that game will I be fairly low scoring. Game. I think it'll, that game will be fairly low scoring for what we expect out of the Patriots, just because Tom Brady will spend a lot of time on the ground. Yeah, because of that defense yeah. with Houston. And the other, the game I was going to say that could be a trap game because you went to a team that has a really good defense. I'm going to go to a team that has a surprisingly good defense this year. I mean, surprisingly to me, because I didn't expect this team to be anything this season, Week 16 at New York against the Giants. Jets? They're the Jets. Yeah. Giants are Week 10. They're going to beat the Giants because they beat them during the regular season. But, Mm. yeah, Week 16 at New York against the Jets. Yeah, because they're not going to lose at home. I think we're both agreeing on that. They're not going to lose the Jets game at home. If I had to pick one home game that could be a trap game, the Eagles. Only because I think it'd be humorous with how bad Mm -hmm. Philly is if they were the ones to beat the Patriots and it was in Foxborough. There's just no way. There's no, no way. Like, it would I'm not happen. saying put your money on that yeah. game now. I'm just saying like you might get man, a Mark Sanchez sighting in that game. Really? Do you think we'll see Mark Sanchez at some point in the season? Yes, yeah, Sam Bradford's a <laughs> quarterback. He's hurt always. Here's the last thing I want to ask you about the Patriots before we move on. This can kind of mm-hmm. segue into the next thing we are going to talk about. Sure. We're obviously going to talk about the big move by Carolina to go trade with the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears for. Jared Allen, but also the Bears making another move with the Patriots, mm-hmm. shipping their linebacker, ex-Florida linebacker, Jonathan Bostick, mm-hmm. to New England. Where do you, Mark, you have seen Bostick play so many yeah. games in a Bear uniform. Where do you see him fitting in in New England? Well, it, I think he's going to be a good special teamer. Um, I, I don't really think there's much room for him on the Patriots' defense. I mean, without a doubt, he is just depth. That's all that they're really going to want out of Jonathan Well, they gave up a sixth-round pick for him. Which is about what you do with, you know, your special teamers. Mm -hmm. You get special teamers in those rounds. So I really don't think he's going to do much of anything. Sure, he will be on the field at some point on the actual defensive squad. Is he going to do anything? Maybe. He might contribute a bit. But there's going to be very, very low expectations on Jonathan Bostic. He might not even be there next season Mm -hmm. just because a six-round pick is really not anything you're that upset about losing. Uh, I... It's funny you bring it up to, I mean, the Jared Allen one is like, there's actual yeah, we're gonna feelings get, about Jared and Allen. And we're going to get to the but Jared Allen one. When it comes to John Bostic, he's a guy that showed promise at first and then was just constantly looking lost. He never really looked like he made the transition. He's not. He hasn't really been playing so far in Chicago. Chicago fans probably forgot that he was there. They probably aren't going to notice the difference with him not being there. Patriots fans won't notice the difference with him being there. It's pretty pretty much nothing. You know, there's pretty much nothing to it. He's not going to make any difference to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. Here is what Jeff Dickerson, an ESPN staff writer, tweeted after the um, saying that, like, the Bears confirmed that Jared Allen's been traded to Carolina. Here's what Ryan Pace had to say. We had some depth at linebacker at the linebacker position and were able to reach an agreement with the Panthers to bring a 2016 draft pick to our team in exchange for Allen. So Allen, mm-hmm. Allen for a sixth round this year, sixth round draft pick. Yeah. 
that you would see Jared Allen, you would be like, whoa, that's way too low. Mm-hmm. But if you think of this isn't the Jared Allen that was roping up quarterbacks with my purple people eaters in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jared Allen has not been that Jared Allen for a long time. Well, I guess not really a long time. A few seasons now. Uh, Do you think it's just Chicago in general? Like, well, Chicago the kind of currently like, is playing in a three four. That's not Jared Allen's mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I mean, he's old too. Yeah. So, but, but he maybe, even had a little bit of a decline with Minnesota. Yeah, maybe, There's a reason why he didn't go back to Minnesota. Well, what I'm hinting at, and you're probably going to bat it down because you're a Bears fan, mm-hmm. is Chicago becoming the place where careers go to die? Well, Chicago as a city has been well-known throughout their professional... <laughs> well, mostly for the White Sox. No, all of them. Because for the White Sox... Look at the Bulls. What, what it's the exact same thing. What guy at the end of his career can Everybody. Kenny Smith go and... Yeah. Or Kenny Williams. I said Kenny Smith. Kenny Williams go and get Ken Griffey Jr., Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the White Sox are, to me, they're the, like, poster boy of it in Chicago. But, but Chicago, yeah. every team, every Chicago team, with the exception of probably the Blackhawks... Mm-hmm. Are very very well known for guys old guys past his prime. We got room for him even and a like, lot of money. Even like the Cubs, I mean, you can kind of put Lester into that with how mm-hmm. he began to pitch this year, even though he picked it up. But I mean, Jim Edmonds, I mean, he was decent. Marlon Bird, we had to give away. Um, who else was old and just? I mean, Greg Maddox was probably on the other side of that. He pitched really well, but I mean. I just kind of, part of me was like, hmm. I mean, Jared Allen comes here, he declines. I, I don't know if you can say Jay mm-hmm. Cutler declined because Jay Cutler He's too early in his career. was always declining, even with well, Denver. No, I mean, he did statistically better in Chicago than he did in Denver. I'm I mean, talking about winning. He did better than in Chicago than he did in Denver. Mm-hmm. He went to the NFC Championship game. When did he One do that? Time. But when? Did, but when did he do it in Denver? You're just wrong. You're just wrong, Ricky. Yeah, but look at Ricky. What, look Ricky, at where his career you is see where now. I'm point? You guys get home and enjoy this, <laughs> but you see where I'm pointing, Ricky? Yeah, yeah, Ricky. Yeah, what are you no, gonna do about I mean, it, Ricky? But I mean, the way with Cutler, it's a little different because, like mm-hmm. you said, he did go to an NFC Championship game, but he also would have been more, too too young to yeah, really call that a decline. More casual anyways. fans, ever since he's been to Chicago, mm-hmm. have been like, get this get this Joe Schmo out of here. Sure, but then look at Jimmy Clausen. And where everybody <laughs> during the Mark Trussman, Phil Emery era, who was de- who was begging for Jimmy Clausen to be the starting quarterback, mm-hmm. where are you all now? I'm where gonna, are you all now? I'm going to ask you a question that I'm mm-hmm. seeing here for an ESPN article. And you being the Bears fan, I want sure. your answer on this. All right. The headline reads, mm-hmm. with Jared Allen gone. Yeah. Should Bears listen to offers for Matt Forte? I I propose that as a question. Uh-huh. The article says Bears should listen to offers for Matt Forte. And I will actually agree with this article. Uh, here's why. Because Jared Allen didn't get us anything. Jonathan Bostic did not get us anything. Uh, at least Matt Forte might get us something. Even if you were to trade Jay Cutler, you're not going to get anything really out Could of Jay Matt Cutler. Forte get you a second-round pick? Or is he a third-round pick at the highest? I would guess third, but someone might bite at a second-round pick. Because mm-hmm. there's no if, way you're getting a first-round pick for let's say Forte. Let's say, like, Frank Gore gets hurt, and Indianapolis turns mm-hmm. it back on, and they're doing it. But, man, do they need that running back. They might be willing to give up a second-round pick for him. 
because that will be the thing that they believe pushes them over the edge. Mm-hmm. You might get something like that where it's just a team that really their guy got hurt. They need one of the best guys there. Matt Forte is that guy. You know, there might be something like that. Um, and the the reason I say this with Matt Forte, he's a vo- he's always been a vocal guy. I've never liked that about him. I love his play on the field. Uh, well, from what he said, I was listening to mm-hmm. Waddle and Sylvie today, and from his comments yesterday after the Seattle loss, he didn't come out and say it, but he inferred it that implied maybe they have to look at the film and the bottom line was mm. see who wants to be here and see who doesn't and whoever doesn't want to be here and do their job get them out of here which i don't disagree with but you're not the coach that's not your job to say that yeah but i feel like he's out of everyone on the bears mm. he is the veteran like he is the yeah. most veteran um face on that team he's been there the longest um I don't know if he does. I actually one don't know super, whether he's been there the longest, the but he is the best. Players. Yeah, one of he's the, the best guy he's been there. His entire career has been in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But the, the, when I talk about my, Matt Forte being vocal, he's always the first to be the critic. He uh, has held, he's held out in the past. He's probably going to hold out again. Uh, he he's always I've always as much as he I think he's a good guy and stuff like that because he is he does good things for the area and the community and everything. But he's never really struck me as the guy who will say no to a paycheck because he wants to stay in Chicago. I definitely see, can see him going and chasing the paycheck. So if you can get something, we're not doing anything this season. We're happy with what we have out of Langford mm-hmm. in the future. Oh, and you Wad- might as well. And Waddle today was pretty furious that Langford didn't even oh, get he a touch yesterday. He should have played because Matt Forte wasn't doing anything. Can I throw out one team that either I think should? See if Matt Forte's on the table, mm-hmm. or I think has the best opportunity to trade for before, Matt Forte. Before you do that, the one thing I will say is the okay. wrench in all this. I don't think John Fox will be willing to lose Matt Forte. That is the one thing I think on this team that John Fox is happy about. I think as we get closer to the thing is with Matt Forte, before I say the team I was going to say, because you said that, was I think as we get closer to the trade deadline in week eight, mm-hmm. We're going to see maybe with the Bears, especially with these two moves, kind of, okay, John, are we going to re-sign? Ryan Pace is going to be, mm. are we going to re-sign him? Nope. Then let's get rid of him and get something for him. The team, and I especially think. Especially in a year that's a wash. The team that I think can, A, either work something out with the Bears because of their relationship with some of the staff members on the Bears, and two, need a need a running back. Because there sucks, the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Matt Forte with a Kubiak system that likes to run the ball, but Matt Forte also being a passing option yeah. for Peyton Manning? Which he needs one. I mean, he's got his passing options, but he needs another because mm-hmm. since he is just CJ, short pass nowadays. CJ Anderson came out and told his fantasy owners, "Just drop me, mm. just drop me, because I'm useless." Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the thing, though, I the connection there is with the coaching staff, mm-hmm. where the connection needs to be with Ryan Pace. If, if there's a connection, it's going to be the Saints, yeah. and that's where that connection. Well, be and for I Pace. mean, you can say all you want. Like I was going to say, oh well, mm-hmm. the Bears and the Broncos have worked trades in the past, but that was before Ryan Pace. Yeah. It was a Jay Cutler deal. That was two GMs ago. Um, 
I I don't think that I don't think the I don't think the Broncos are really going to try because I think the Broncos know that it's they got to rebuild soon. Mm-hmm. It's coming up, uh, and I don't think they're going to be willing to get rid of picks right now, especially for a guy who you got to re-sign him next year. You know, you're going to have to give up that money soon, or he's just going to walk somewhere else. Maybe I guess you're saying, yeah, but we're going to go for the last hurrah right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I I don't know. I just, I don't see it happening. I don't think Matt Forte goes anywhere. Uh, he probably should for Chicago's sake because, like I said, the season's a wash. At most, you're going to win three games. Who really cares at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, especially for the lo- the longer that Jimmy Clausen's out there. You know, this is a different conversation here, but just put David Fails in at this point. We'll just see <laughs> what he's got. Well, Cutler comes back in two weeks. Sure, he does, but let's just see what David Fails has. Yeah. We know what Jimmy Clausen is. Okay, I am going to throw out mm-hmm. one more team. And this is not a, this team is going to get Matt Forte. This is just a team where I think it'd be interesting. And this has it, they have an owner that likes to make moves. Mm-hmm. What if the Cowboys made a move for Matt Forte? I Joseph Randles looked pretty good. Because there were two, I don't know why they would need to. Well, there were three teams that popped into my head. Like, mm-hmm. do, I'm looking at the teams in the league, and I'm thinking... Who really needs a running back? And at first, only two teams popped in my head. Depending on Arian Foster and how long he's going to be out, Houston, but I don't like Arian Foster, Mm -hmm. I think, is closer to coming back than being out forever. And the New York Giants. I mean, Rashad Jennings, Mm -hmm. Andre Williams are good, but Matt Forte, the thing about Forte that I really like and on any team at works he like he'd be great on Philly, I think, but Philly's already got Demarco. They've yeah. already got a um, Ryan Matthews who's played really good in week three. Here's the thing I like about Matt Forte is he can run the ball, and you can use him as a receiver out in the field. He's got good mm-hmm. hands, and to me, those kind of backs. Look at Danny Woodhead. I mean, he's taking. Um, snaps away from Melvin Gordon because he can be used as a receiver. Yeah. Matt Forte is the best. He's the running back with the best hands, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Although we've seen him drop a lot of passes because he's gotten too many uh, going his way in Chicago right now because there are no wide receivers in Chicago. You know, it would be a very, 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 very weird scenario. Hmm. Not saying this is going to happen. Just Ricky throwing out crazy conspiracy theories. Sure. If later in the year, like as we get closer to week eight, if we saw a DeMarco Matt Forte trade. That'd be funny. Like that would be a headline I would look at and go, whoa. And Chip Kelly gives up a first. Why? <laughs> he just wanted to. Well, Chip Kelly's destroying that team anyway. Chip Kelly does what Chip Kelly wants to do. Because um, to me, I mean, out of all the systems, I feel like Matt Forte would fit best in that Eagle system. Because they could use him as a runner. They can use mm. him as a receiver. Yeah, I mean it's win-win for them. I but mean, Demarco to me, he's so much. Like now looking at him, I know this is a little mm-hmm. bit off the subject, but I think he played so much in Dallas, being the one back in the I formation. Yeah, that he forgot how to play the spread. And you it's don't not, play it. Yeah, it's just not his style no. anymore. Um, yeah, it's interesting too of Matt Forte because Matt Forte actually being the amazing receiving option that he is, he doesn't like doing it, which mm-hmm. is always interesting too. He doesn't want to. And even this 
offseason, he said it again that he does not want to be a receiving option. Yeah. He wants to be a running back. And which, then they passed him all time. Which, if I am on the team, I'm basically saying whatever I need to do to help this team win. If mm-hmm. it's catch the fucking ball, it's catch the fucking ball. Which, that's ball. how he plays, but that's not how he talks. Which is one of the yeah. reasons why I've always had kind of an issue with Matt Forte. So you, uh, would, you would be fine with I'd be fine with I'd love it. I'd love it. Get something. Because I doubt he's going to... They probably will try and resign him, but it's going to cost too much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a problem. And, Matt, you know, the, the Chicago Bears team is already screwed over from Phil mm-hmm. Emery's reign where it was like, all right, guys, who wants some money? Line up and we'll <laughs> give you all of it. We got a big old pile of The Greg here. Olson trade? Yeah, well, that was that was Jerry Angelo, but that was— Yeah, uh, okay. That makes me cry still. <laughs> I still miss Even I love I love Bennett. And Bennett's actually better than Greg Olson. But is, Greg but Olson had a soft it. spot in the Chicago fan heart. Yeah, we love him. We talked about, okay, just to kind of throw the line and reel it in a little bit, we've been talking about the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. Mm. But the Panthers get Jared Allen. And yeah. to me, I mean, they they obviously make this trade because they've had an injury at the linebacker position with Charles Johnson being out. To me, with Jared Allen, the way I see this is change of scenery. Just one of those things where it's like, you know what? It's just not working here. Mm -hmm. I just need a change of scenery. Maybe that'll help. Plus, Carolina's a good team, and I feel like maybe uh, being on a team now that's 3-0 and could be a division-winning team at the end of the season may be able to spark Jared Allen into being that player he was with Minnesota. Because let's be honest. Minnesota was a good team when he was back in the purple and gold. And the thing that we got to remember, too, is he's going from 3-4 to a 4-3, which is what he's comfortable with, what he wants to play. So he's going to be a defensive end again. He's not going to have to play outside linebacker Mm -hmm. the first time in his career. He's going to get his hand back on the ground and have fun doing what Jared Allen does. Uh, He's going to be much, much more comfortable. He talked a lot of good talk in the offseason. You know, he said how he liked it, how he was feeling good about it, but it just wasn't really working. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he he kind of gets it together. But he did not do well in a four three in Chicago when they had it. So I'm not super confident for Jared Allen. But the Carolina Panthers is a much better defense than the Chicago Bears defense has been in years past. So how much of an upgrade do you think this is for Carolina? For Carolina, I think it's a potentially a big upgrade. Potentially it is. And I mean, I'm not even talking about, I mean, I talk about him being in Minnesota, but you got to also think how well he played even 10, um, 10, uh, nine, eight years ago when he was with Kansas City. Mm -hmm. He was a chief. Yeah. But I mean, that was a long time ago. It's Mm -hmm. been a long career for Jared Allen. So maybe he just doesn't have it in him anymore. The last time he had... um, the last time he had over 10 sacks was his last season in Minnesota in 2013. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of see how that went into records, one, two, three, that was only, that was our four, four win season and a tie against Green Bay. So we didn't do that great. Great times. His best two seasons sack wise were he had 15 and a half his last year with KC, 14 and a half. His, oh, no, I'm missing it. 2011, he had 22. Mm-hmm. Boom, right there. Yeah. He's really actually been a bit of a journeyman now. This is his which fourth is what you, team. Which kind of surprises you when it comes to Jared Allen. Um, 
Very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how he kind of turns it around. Mm-hmm. It'll also be interesting to see if Carolina limits him a little bit. You think they will? I mean, that's what Chicago was trying to kind of do at first to kind of limit him. Mm-hmm. So that way he would be fresher and he would be able to get to the quarterback faster and better. I think there's rationale behind having a, how old is he, 33? 33-year-old player maybe. Um, I'm going to look some, that up. Have some kind of fresh legs under him. I mm-hmm. think that's, I think that's worthwhile. He, yeah, he's. You're right. He's 33. Yep. Get a, get him some fresh legs. So you know? he's getting up there in age. However, I just feel like I I hope he plays this weekend, and I hope he plays at a high level because I would just love. I know Jameis Winston's had three games in this league, mm-hmm. but I would love to see Jared Allen be Jared Allen against Jameis Winston. And have to see Jameis Winston scramble and look fucking silly. That's what he likes against, running around. Against Ropadopa. He likes to Jared run. Allen. He likes running around, throwing it around, <laughs> up in the air where other guys can catch it and run it back for a pick six. So, okay, before we put a nice, uh, is there anything we're, oh, we're missing one thing before we get to. Week number four. The the fun that is the backup quarterback the wheel. Well, it's kind of the backup quarterback wheel, but before we mm-hmm. touch on that, I just want to ask you one thing. Yes. How much should Baltimore fans be panicking after an 0-3 start? Uh, well, they should have panicked as soon as Mark Trestman got on the team. <laughs> I mean, they got the stank on him now. There's no there's no going back. Uh, I'm sorry to the Trestman family. Um, Especially his daughter. Chloe Trestman. I follow her on Twitter. Um <laughs> And you know it's she it's it's sad too because I'm on Twitter I'm on Twitter most on Sundays yeah. and she's always posting about her dad like you know go Ravens she was posting go Bears and stuff like that back in the day uh, and I I don't I, mean, I don't like being mean to people on Twitter because <laughs> uh-huh. they're real people and stuff like that <laughs> but I always kind of am tempted to like respond uh, to her tweets and be like oh your dad's not doing so good this week things like that uh, just because I'm still bitter about how our team went to shit so fast mm-hmm. uh here in chicago still upsets me but like one of them for example because i'm looking at mm-hmm. now beautiful day for some football yeah let's go ravens purple heart yeah <laughs> and then it goes downhill uh but yeah bad play calling has been a problem in in uh in baltimore uh but baltimore i mean they were competing really well at the end with the with the Bengals, it's just that mm-hmm. AJ Green was a little bit better. That's really what it came down to, and Flacco wasn't able to get it done at the end because he didn't have enough time. Um, I don't think that they should be panicking, especially with Big Ben being hurt now. Because as far as I'm concerned, Cincinnati was winning this division no matter what. I've, oh, Cincinnati's I said they were gonna win. looked like the best team. Mm-hmm. This like I had the Steelers. As the divisional winner, but man, I wish I would have picked the Bengals. I did. I actually, this was bef- this was when Tom Brady was suspended, <laughs> but the Bengals were the number one seed for me. They, yeah. that's, I mean, it was easy. Uh, but yeah, it's just the Bengals have it. I think that the Baltimore Ravens still have the ability to get into a wild card spot now that Ben Roethlisberger is hurt. Uh, but I don't think. I don't think they're panicking, but I think they are definitely nervous because things aren't looking so great. If you lose Thursday. Mm-hmm. And that defense this, is bad, by the way, too. Well, okay. Well, because they, they don't have any. They lost everybody. Well, there's two who things. Who made them who they were. There's two things that, I, that jumps out to me about this team. 
Number one, you lose Terrell Suggs for the year. I mean, that is that would kind of be like if you lost Ray Lewis mm-hmm. for the year when he was on the team. I mean, that's a defensive leader, a guy who stops the middle. Then on top of it, on the offense, you look at that side of the ball, they're missing that Torrey Smith type of playmaker. Yeah. Where, I mean, Steve Smith is great. He's averaging, what, 14 mm-hmm. yards per catch. Yeah, I he's mean, been doing well. Crockett Gilmore has 15. Uh, Kamar Aiken has 14. You may be looking at that going, Ricky, well, they're not really missing that deep ball, but Aiken only has six receptions. Mm-hmm. So that's not that many. Once they get Brashar uh, Perriman back, which it looks like he could be playing this Thursday against the Steelers. I feel like once he comes back, he's going the reason why they drafted him was to get that deep ball threat. He's the guy that can speed down the field. That's why they let go of Torrey Smith and said, Hey, we don't need to resign you because we can just draft a guy like Perriman. If you lose this week, then I would start to panic a little bit because two divisional games, you're 0-4, not many teams that are 0-4 make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Not many teams that are 0-3 make the playoffs. Uh, I think a big thing here for, for Joe Flacco, a big problem with the Ravens team as a whole, everybody just watched Mark Trestman. Mark Trestman did really, really well this first year with Chicago. It was great. Things were looking great. They had the second best offense in the league. Mm -hmm. Then things went downhill because people had, what do we always say with these mobile quarterbacks, Ricky? I know Jay's not the traditional mobile quarterback, and it's a little bit different here. But once you have a year to watch it, you can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Eagles and all these teams. What happened to Mark Trestman? He came back from Canada. It was a surprise. Nobody exactly knew. Then everybody figured it out. Yeah. What kind ha- of like the Wildcats. What have people had for three years? Time to watch Mark Tressman. <laughs> when he comes to Baltimore, it's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise that look at the passing attempts from Joe Flacco. This isn't dropbacks. This is attempts. 32 in mm-hmm. game one. 45 in game two. 49 in game three. That is more passing attempts than Joe Flacco had in... All but like four games last year. He does not. He is not a guy who is supposed to throw the ball that much. But what does Mark Tressman do? He makes the quarterback throw the ball nonstop. He is the kind of guy who will have. He will call 50, 60 passing plays in a game. And there's no Ray Rice back there anymore as the great running back. So there's not even that excuse. Uh for taking the ball away from Joe Flacco. He is putting it in Joe Flacco's hands so much, and Joe Flacco doesn't have the guys around him that Jay Cutler had around him, and it didn't work in Chicago, so why is it going to work here? Add that to the fact that, once again, Mark Trussman, I know he's not the head coach, but once again, there's a bad defense. We all saw this whole play out in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Why do we think it's going to be any different just because he's the offensive coordinator? He loses his job every three years. I'm not trying to blame it all on Mark Trestman. I'm just saying that the writing's on the wall. It's not going to work out 
in Baltimore for Baltimore. You know, they don't have the ultimate solution just because Joe Flacco has a big boy contract. Well, you know what also is kind of interesting, and this goes a little bit more with Mm -hmm. Joe Flacco, and they mentioned this during the um, Bengals game this past week. Since 2011, since that season, or 2012, pardon me, Joe Flacco has had three separate offensive coordinators. Yeah. 2012, it was Cam Cameron for for the first 14 weeks. He leaves. Caldwell moves up for week 15, 16, 17 playoffs. Then in 13, he's got Jim Caldwell still. 14, he has Gary Kubiak because Caldwell took the Mm -hmm. Detroit job. Now he's got Mark Trestman. And that's looking like a mistake for Caldwell. And you may be sitting there going, well, Ricky, what about 08 to 11? All of that was Cam Cameron. Mm -hmm. So he had Cam Cameron. Things looked great. Then Caldwell, Kubiak. It's like Caldwell, Kubiak, and Trestman now. Boom, boom, boom. Three straight years. I just think the biggest, a big issue for for Joe Flacco, it's unfortunate for him. Uh, I criticized Mark Trestman quite a bit because I had a lot of time to experience what he can do for a team. Uh, kind of like you have a lot of time to criticize Lovey Smith. Yeah, because I got to watch for years. <laughs> I got to watch what he could do to a team. Uh, but the problem with Tressman, he wants the quarterback to throw the ball all the time, and he mm-hmm. ignores the run game always. Always going to ignore the run game. So Joe Flacco is going to throw the ball a lot. Joe Flacco is not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not a guy who... Yeah, he wants to say he is that guy. Like mm-hmm. he said, you know, he needs a guy years past that he was the best. He needs a guy like Tory Smith. He needs those weapons. He doesn't mm-hmm. have them. He needs a better running back. Mark Trestman needs to use the running back. They've got a good running. Could back. they? Could they be a team that maybe trades for Matt Forte with his connection? Matt with Forte Mark doesn't Trestman? want to have anything to do with with Mark Trestman. He hated Mark Trestman. Mark Trestman didn't use him. Matt Forte sat his. Matt Forte <laughs> sat there watching Jay Cutler throw the ball all day. That's what Matt Forte got. Well, to do you in said Chicago. they need a running back. That's why I just threw that. They out have there. a good running back, but they need a better one. I they've think they've got Justin but they're Forsett's not, They're running not going to use him anyways. <laughs> so you know what? Give him whoever. When does it? When does Harbaugh take over the offensive play calling duties? I don't know if he when does. does it, when does he take it over from Tread? Like they, like you know, like it's kind of like that parent that. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do your own project. And uh-huh. You kind of look at them, and the kids just make just, a lot of suggestions. Well, the kid, no, not making suggestions. This is one of those parents where they're, they're, I'll, I'll let you do it. Then they're just watching the kid, mm. and like the kid's having like fun. He thinks he's doing great. He's putting it together. And that parent just goes, "Oh no, you're doing it wrong. I'll just fucking do it." That's it, yeah. that's what I kind of feel like Harbaugh may have to do. But I think the problem is Harbaugh is more defensive coach. He's not his brother either. Yeah, he's, his brother would fucking just oh yeah, yell he would just at Trustman like with his khakis on. Just you know what? Either do your job or get out of here, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, care I if he personally Trustman off. I mean, besides the fact early on in his career he he was on the offensive side, he's mostly been special teams and defense. So I don't think he's got it in him to do better than Mark Trestman. But the problem is that Mark Trestman is just going to pass the ball all day. That's all he's <laughs> ever done. I mean, really, look at all – I mean, look at back to what was it, Rich Gannon that he had mm-hmm. in Oakland. How many times did Rich Gannon throw the ball a in a ton. game? At least 50. And we don't want to watch uh, Joe Flacco throw the ball 50 times. It's not going to work. 
It's not. The only two offensive positions that Harbaugh has held is in when he was at Western Michigan in the early to late 80s. He was a running back coach, but he was also an outside linebacking coach. Mm -hmm. And then in 87 with Pittsburgh, the university, he was a tight ends coach. He was a young man back in those days. Everything else has been defense and special teams. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those rare cases where a special teams coach can become a head coach. Um, yeah, I just don't I don't necessarily say that felt uh, that Baltimore fans need to panic. Mm-hmm. But I think you guys made the wrong choice in an offensive coordinator. Um, and I, I think that things aren't going to go that well for you. You'll be very middle of the road. You'll turn it around eventually. Uh, but it's I don't know, something exciting. Um Fortunately for them, most of the other uh, teams that haven't won games have backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. and are shitty. So you'll do you probably wanna, do you want to play your wheel of backup quarterbacks? I do want to play that <laughs> game. It's fun. <laughs> of the backup quarterbacks, Ricky, you all things being equal, team wise, you just have a fairly average team. Who of the backup quarterbacks that are starting right Could you now? Give me a list. Do you want? You have Michael Vick. You have Luke McCown. I'm going to count Josh McCown as a backup quarterback. You have Ryan Mallett and or Brian Hoyer. Ryan Mallett's kind of the starter right now. Okay. And then finally, you, well, you have Brandon Whedon and Jimmy Clausen. Those are your options. Because Matt Castle doesn't count yet. Could I take... Wait, I'm trying to think. So Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't count, even though he, he was the backup before Gino got injured. He would have taken the job from Gino. <laughs> he would have taken that job, I believe. Um... I'll, I'll, does Kirk Cous- Kirk Cousins doesn't count? He's a starter. starter. He's the starter. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking here. Even though there might be some people that are saying that Ryan Mallett and Josh McCown shouldn't count either, mm-hmm. but I'm letting those two stand. Huh. I'm gonna take Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's like, the only real option. I like his ability to like. I mean, he's not the Michael Vick that played with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But I like the option of having a quarterback that can run. He's not even the Michael Vick that came back to Philly. No. And did good things at Philly. But I for think a he's going to do good things for the Steelers. If he doesn't get hurt in the meantime. Well, I mean, that's he's a got, problem. That's a well, danger. You got to think about always. this. Le'Veon Bell's back. Mm-hmm. Martavius Bryant comes back after this week. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the Steelers aren't going to be a bad team without Big Ben. Mm-hmm. They just need to survive. Go two and two. At the least in these next four games, who would you take? Uh, Michael Vick, I think it really is the only if you actual. If you couldn't answer. take Vick, I well, already picked him. First of all, Mike, like I said, Michael Vick's really the only option because he is—he's got an actual team. Uh, all things being equal, he's the most starter capable. And when you look at their history, he was a starter. Yeah, when you look at the history, he is the one who has done However, the best. However, Brian in his past. Hoyer could do the same thing. He was a starter in Cleveland. And did a good mm-hmm. job before he got injured. I think when it comes to average teams, though, it gets kind of scary. Mm-hmm. It really does. Because you look at these guys. Brandon Whedon. We all remember Brandon Whedon in uh, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Brandon Whedon might go down as not necessarily bust-wise, <laughs> but just the worst slash dumbest first-round pick of all time. Because mm-hmm. uh, it just literally made no sense. You know what's the one thing I want to say? And this goes with the backup, uh, mm-hmm. the backup quarterback discussion. I love how we're like, oh, well, we've got 
uh, Luke McCown, and well, yeah. he's got to step up because his commercials. He said, uh, "Well, if I only had the chance." Threw for 310 yards. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he dink and dunked all the way up to that. <laughs> I mean, he did have one INT and no touchdowns, but uh-huh. still, 310 yards wasn't that bad. You know, the, the thing is, though, all these backup quarterbacks, Jimmy Clausen excuse, uh, excluded, did the same mm-hmm. thing. They all threw the ball like three and five yards you know who and just drafted, slowly moved up. You know who drafted Luke McCown in 2004? Uh, who's that? Cleveland. There you go. <laughs> they all slowly moved up the field. Got tons of yards, got tons of completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Brandon Whedon only missed like two throws in the game. I think one of them was an interception. Yeah. But uh, they all just slowly moved up. Then all these teams, the other team got in front, and then they couldn't do anything because they needed their backup to actually contribute. <laughs> and it's just, you know, that's, I mean, that's what a backup quarterback is. You can't put, you can't expect much out of the backup quarterback. You can't put them in situations where they need to win games. Uh, it's kind of sad. Did you say who you would pick, though? If I could backup? not If you couldn't pick, pick Vic, because I already got if it. If I couldn't pick Vic. I beat you to the and, punch. He signed with my team. And uh, and obviously Fitz, Fitzpatrick doesn't count because he's an actual starter. <laughs> he would be the next guy you would want. I think I would have to go. I don't want anything to do with McCowns because they're both awful. I don't want anything to do with anything that had to do with Cleveland. So Brandon <laughs> Whedon's out of the equation, too. I would probably go Ryan Mallett because at the very least. But he doesn't count technically. I said he counted. I said he stood. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because, like you said, most yeah. people would say he doesn't count. But I said he stood because he didn't really have the starting job uh, because at least he has upside. Mm-hmm. You know, at least there's that because you think maybe he will become something. And this, oh, <laughs> maybe he, because I mean, Jimmy Clausen, you know what you have with Jimmy Clausen, you know what you have with the McCown brothers, you know, there's all these other guys are just like, oh, really? I got to watch this guy play. Oh, why? At least with Mallet, you're like, hey, might he be good? Probably not. Most definitely not. But maybe you have a little bit of hope. You know, what's funny. Out of the backups that you named, uh-huh. Michael Vick was obviously the best coming out of yeah. college. First round pick, first overall pick by Atlanta in 01. You had Josh McCown, who was a third round pick by the Cardinals in 02. There you go. Then Ryan Mallett, 2011, a third rounder for New England. The last three. Luke McCown, a fourth round pick for Cleveland. Brandon Whedon, the 22nd overall Woo. pick for Number Cleveland. Number one. Brian Hoyer went undrafted and played with the Patriots, but he still became mm-hmm. a Brown. Yeah. So three of them have gone to the Browns and well, been a starting Because the Browns need quarterbacks. <laughs> and the Browns go through quarterbacks like it's their job. It's it's sad. It really is. You'd never want to be a quarterback. If you're a quarterback and you get an offer from Cleveland, you go, yeah, no, thank you. I think I will And uh, I'm trying to couch. think. Luke McCown was only in Cleveland for his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And he only played in five games. I think I know who the starter. Oh, I do know. Do you remember who the starter was in Cleveland at that time? No, I don't. I don't to, like to. I'll give you myself. a hint. He used to play for the 49ers. Still got nothing for you. He played for. Okay, he played for the 49ers. Then his one season in uh, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Then he played for the Lions, Eagles, and Bucks. Damn, that's a lot of teams. His first name is Jeff. Jeff, I don't, Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia. Wow, <laughs> that's a throwback. He, he was he was the quarterback 
the starting quarterback when uh, hmm. you know who else was on that? Um, what other quarterback was on that Cleveland team? I don't know. Kelly Holcomb. Do you remember Kelly Holcomb? Um, the backup. I very, very, very faintly remember him. And then in 05, uh, ESPN's favorite quarterback, uh, telling you about those about those dimes, Mark. He was their starting quarterback in 05. You know who I'm talking about? I don't. Why don't you just say it? Dilfer Dimes. Dilfer Dimes. Trent Dilfer. Oh, Trent, Trent Dilfer. Dilfer was their quarterback in 05. Wow. After winning a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Where he will never let you forget that he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, this is what we did. One of the uh, lowest talent quarterbacks <laughs> to ever win a Super Bowl. They had a good defense. Yeah, that's all you need sometimes. Had, had a great defense. Well, I'm not even going to say good. Had a great, yeah. a great defense. The moral of the story, kids, uh, at home is that you just want to have the best possible backup quarterback possible. Mm-hmm. Because your quarterback's going to get hurt. It's going to be sad. And your season's going to be all, it's all going to be gone. <laughs> Basically is what's going what I'm trying to tell you right now. Okay. We're going to end this podcast with, we're going to have our picks later this week. The video is going to come out on Thursday. Yeah. But Mark, how we end every podcast, we'll have the five. We already know what the five are going to be. You guys can find that out on Thursday. What's the secret pick? What are you giving me? What's my surprise game? Um, well, hold on a second, because I need to still decide. Uh, it, it's a toss-up between two games that are both really, <laughs> really quality, <laughs> top-notch games. Uh, but I think I'm going to give you, this isn't the Sadness Bowl, but both these teams wish that they were playing in the Sadness wait, Bowl. Wait, don't tell me. Is it Buffalo, New York? It no. is. Is it? It's Buffalo, New How York. How is it the Sadness Bowl? Because Buffalo always played in the Sadness Bowl every year. I know. And now they are not qualified to play in the Sadness Bowl anymore. And then New York is New York. What the hell are they? What are they doing? Can they win games? Can they lose games? This Nobody is a tough knows. one because I just looked at my phone mm-hmm. two seconds ago. And as of right now, recording the podcast, there was a tweet sent out by Adam Scheffler that says, Bills could decide to rest. LaShawn McCoy until his hamstring is healthy. Poor guy. I mean, Carlos Williams didn't do bad. Yeah, the Giants won last week, but it was against the Redskins. Bills have only lost to the Patriots. I'm picking the Bills. There you go. I'm going to pick the Bills. I am also going to give, I'm going to give you a game that will start at 8.30 a.m. our time. That's a good time to start a game. The Jets and the Dolphins in London. Mm-hmm. The London game this week. Yeah, the the uh, the Jets have disappointed me beyond. Or not the Jets. The Dolphins have disappointed me beyond belief. Um, I have decided that they will lose every game from here on out. <laughs> uh, Jets, Jets all the way. I you know what? I hate that about the London game though. Eight thirty in the morning. I mean, it's I on actually, CBS. you know what? I kind of like it when I think about it. So that's the only game going on until. Is it going to be on CBS? Is it going to be a like national thing because it's the only game going on? I, I think it has to, right? I mean, it's not like CBS is going to play anything else at 8.30. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of like this because uh, as an adult who goes to work in the morning, the weekends I don't get to sleep in <laughs> until like 1, at, 1 p.m. anymore like I did when I was in college. Uh, so I wake up at a decent normal person time, like nine o'clock mm-hmm. on the weekends now, and it kind of sucks because there's no football forever and I'm just upset. 
So at least now there will be some football for me to watch. So I just looked up for those of you who do not know the time difference between um, it's about six hours, right? For cent- from central to London. So from where me and Mark are in Chicago to London, it is six hours. Yeah. So for the eastern coast, it's five hours. They're five hours ahead. So that game is actually going to be starting for us at, or for them, it would be one in the afternoon. So it is a like noon yeah. kickoff for them. It counts. It counts. Why not have it in prime time though in London? They're busy. They got other things to do. <laughs> prime time in London. So you make it like what? Prime time's usually a seven thirty game. Mm-hmm. So you make it a noon game for us. No. Make it a noon game for us. They get a prime time game. But I mean, let's be real. Are you gonna watch the Jets Dolphins game? Yeah, it's on Red Zone. It'd be on Red Zone then. But if you had to actually watch <laughs> a game, are you gonna watch the game? Uh well depends. What my C my CBS options. You're thinking. Would be, you're thinking too hard. Are you going to actually watch this game? If it is available to you, doesn't matter what the other options are. Would you actually watch this game? Depends on if I start Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. Exactly. You're not going to watch this <laughs> well, game. I may because we got Brandon Marshall in the onside kick league. Yeah, we do. So there, I just throw. But you and Brandon Marshall. What does he do? He laterals the ball <laughs> and then it gets intercepted. What the hell is he thinking? He's trying to. He's trying too hard out there. But yeah, no one's going to watch this game. The only reason I am going to watch this game. Because it's on in the morning and I'll be awake. So I'm going to watch it then. It's going to be the only game on at yeah. 8.30 in the morning. Might, will it be done, though, before the noon games? Uh, oh, yeah. I think it'll be quick. Do you think it won't be a three-hour game? I think it'll be pretty quick. I mean, neither one of these teams are that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as now, long as they're not getting lots and Mark, lots of penalties. Now that Mark says that it goes into overtime and it's going to be a really long game. But that is but going then to contractual be- <laughs> obligations and we'll just switch the game. That is going to do it for the onside kick this week. I want to thank you guys for listening in to this podcast. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Ricky Whitmer. Mark is at two uh, with the with two E's. Mark Weber. Kind of I've been screwing that up the past two weeks. Now you're having trouble. Uh most valuable pod is our Twitter handle for most valuable podcasts. Go ahead and check out all our podcasts and videos at the centralized location, mostvaluablepodcast.com. Thank you guys again for checking out this video. If you're on YouTube, hit that like, subscribe button. If you're on SoundCloud, go ahead and hit that follow button. I love you guys so much. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.